Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Ludke. Listeners, scholars, brothers, this is Brother Chris Lidke, and today I want to explore the square. What one symbol is most typical of Freemasonry as a whole? Well, Masons and non-Masons alike, nine out of ten times, will probably answer the square, and we don't ask what the tenth out of ten answers. Many learned writers on Freemasonry have nominated the square as the most important and vital, the most typical and common symbol of the craft. After all, it appears everywhere, within the lodge, even as a central point in our brand or logo. Now, as a side note, there are times we research things that are so common that no one has a great deal of depth on the subject, and this is one of those cases. So when you look into the square, if you look it up online, if you dig through some of the books, what you will find is that what happens is everyone kind of goes to Mackie and goes, hey, here's what Mackie says and repeats it in different wording. And that's a problem. So you get these really common elements that basically everyone goes, well, that's so obvious. Why would anyone look into it? So this piece has been put together from numerous sources since most authors tend to see fit to copy one another, usually simply expanding, as I said, on Mackie. In terms of sources, I'm kind of all over the place on this one, uh, but bear with me. In terms of definition, what is the square? We have to start at the beginning. In Euclidean geometry, a square is a rectangular quadrilateral, which means it has four equal sides and four equal angles. It can also be defined as a rectangle, with two equal length adjacent sides. The square is also an angle of 90 degrees, the fourth part of a circle, or the tool used by operative masons, used to test the accuracy of the sides of a stone to prove that they were square with regard to the other sides, and that all angles were in fact identical. It thus acted as a standard by which stones were judged as being fit or otherwise for the building, and this is going to be key because that idea of a standard, the square as a standard, in this case, of our behavior. So, we talk about honesty and openness, as in our dealings with them have always been on the square. This expression literally means at right angles. Similarly, the idea of being out of square literally signifying not at right angles. Figuratively, not in agreement or irregular. We talk about a square deal. We talk about all these ideas using the square. Masonically, the word square has similar uses. The idea of right-angledness. Our ritual tells us that the square is an angle of 90 degrees. The builder's tool, as discussed, or the quality of character, which has made a square man synonymous, not only with members of the fraternity, but with uprightness, honesty, and dependability. 
The first of the three meanings must have been the mathematical conception, and we should reflect upon the wisdom and reasoning powers of men who lived 5,000 years ago that knew that the principles of geometry by which a square can be constructed. So let's talk about the history of the square, the history of this idea of 90 degrees and its importance. The square, of course, dates back to ancient Mesopotamia, probably also to the Indus Valley civilizations in modern-day Pakistan. The idea predates both the Egyptians and the Greeks. They're both talking about it. And it's been used symbolically for a long time. The Chinese 25, in 2500 BC talk about the square as meaning honest and straightforward. By the 4th century, the Greeks taught that all men must apply the square figuratively to their lives if they would walk in the straight paths of wisdom and keep within the bounds of honor and virtue. This should sound really familiar. It's coming from uh, Mencius, a uh, 4th century BC Greek philosopher, and probably someone who's getting it from Pythagoras, etc. I mean, these ideas are all out there. Just because someone writes about it several hundred years later doesn't mean they're the first to have it. The first recorded use of the term in English was in 1542, which, by the way, as a side note, lines up pretty well with the evolution of our degrees, a topic I'll get into later in the season. In the year 1830, the architect, in rebuilding a very ancient bridge called Baal Bridge near Limerick in Ireland, found under the foundation stone an old brass square, which had been eaten away, uh, corroded, but... On its two sides, we see the following inscription. I will strive to live with love and care upon the level and by the square. And it's dated 1517. Now, this is something that obviously is before that 1542 date. But we run into these things on a regular basis because historians, archaeologists, and others look at these dates and go, is it really 1517? Is that date, in fact, someone's date of birth? Is that some other conception, and until we find something else around that date, we don't bump back that usage in English. In common usage, square meaning candid, honest, or transparent. On the square, a square meal, a square deal, all positive things. We also see, masonically, the idea of the oblong versus the perfect square. So we reference the oblong square and the perfect square at different times. And it seems to be a reference to the extent to which the secrets of masonry have been revealed. Mind you, revealed, not necessarily understood. Because as we've talked about, that's two different things. It's like saying you read Shakespeare and you automatically understand it. When in fact, it takes a little bit of study and a little bit of uh, contemplation to truly understand what has been revealed. We cannot create a perfect square or begin to comprehend it without using all the tools required to square the block, those that had been learned prior to the use of the perfect square. In terms of interpretations, this is where we get into a lot of interesting ideas. So, the first and most obvious is the strict emblem of morality, that the square stands for morality, honesty, and fair dealing. The square is the symbol of a regulated life and action. It is the Masonic rule for correcting and harmonizing conduct on principles or morality and virtue. 
and as a symbol it's dedicated to the master who should be well aware of using that square in harmonizing the conduct of the lodge. We also identify ourselves with this symbol because we are taught that squares, levels, and perpendiculars are the proper signs to know a mason. So we we identify by it, we talk about squaring our actions by the square of virtue, and so it's giving us that sense of morality. It's really hearkening us back to our trestle board, to the volume of sacred law. Now, another interpretation would be being consistent. If a square is to be useful, it must be consistent. A square that changes is of no use to the builder. Similarly, the square teaches us to strive for consistency in action and word. I mean, think about it. If a builder is trying to create a structure and the stones come and they're not squared properly, they're of little use to them. That inconsistency becomes a problem. And so we need to be consistent. We must avoid double standards and irrational inconsistency. We often treasure those who are reliable and consistent because they can help us subdue our passions and our initial reactions. The square in this case reminding us both to be consistent but also to give that pause. Hold off a second and think about what your actions are about to do or what you're about to do. The square encourages us to strive for that same consistency. We also have the idea of universal morality. I'm getting this from Matt Gallagher's book, Practical Freemasonry. How can we know good from bad? Well, leaving aside the nuance inherent in the artificial construct of good and bad, we need to have some kind of guide. Society, of course, provides that to a degree. We get in school, through religion. Even television teaches us some degree of right from wrong. This is different from ethics. Ethics takes reflection on what you have done and changes things moving forward. Morality is doing the right thing even when we don't want to. So the square in this interpretation is a representation of our moral framework. A reminder of what must be done, what religion and or society has deemed correct conduct. We must not act out our passions, but must take a moment to stop and consider the correct course according to the moral framework laid down by your volume of sacred law. It is a reminder that we do not create our own morals, that we are beholden to something bigger than ourselves. This is really capturing that idea of the square of virtue, the idea that we have to look at what we're doing, we have to consider what we're doing. And not only be consistent, but make sure that we are pausing to make sure that what we're being consistent in is correct. And a reminder that the square being a reminder that that correctness is based on a framework that comes from religion, from faith, from society, from our culture. So it's part of something bigger. It's basically saying, hey, you can make this decision and that's fine. But if you don't square it up with something else, with something larger than yourself, then how can you know that you're making the right decision in the first place? There's also the spiritual interpretation. On a philosophical level, the four-sided square has a finite number of sides and represents man's understanding, while the circle has an infinite number of sides and can be used to represent the infinite, which man cannot comprehend. 
taken to the next step, the square is the working tool of a master mason and represents man's limited attempt to comprehend the infinite, represented by the compasses, the working tool of the grand architect of the universe. The inability of man to comprehend the infinite is symbolized by the ancient problem of squaring the circle, which is, of course, unsolvable. And so it's reminding us that we are limited. When you look at it in terms of the square and the compass, the compass representing, in this case, the spiritual, those things that we cannot comprehend, those things that are known only to deity, and the square, a reminder that while we have knowledge, it is but limited. And this is a really good lesson for life in general. It stops us from going, well, of course, I know everything on this subject. It reminds us, no, 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 there's always more out there. There's more that we don't understand. That's why people who study a given subject tend to feel like they are dumber after uh, finishing a course or a degree because they recognize the sheer quantity of information that they don't actually know. And so that becomes very, very important. So how do we prove the square? I mean, that becomes a big issue. How do we know that our square is correct? The cathedral builders had plumb, square, and level in 24-inch gauge. They used these to measure and lay out their work. The square, the level, and the plumb in that time, in the medieval, tend to be made of wood and cord. Uh, Wood alone for the square. And wood, of course, wears down over time. Sometimes it's not quite 90 degrees. Even a metal square can fall out of square at any given time just through constant use. And by the way, think about it. We do the same thing. So over time, our ideas change. Your ideas today are not the ones you had in college or earlier, nor are they the ones you will have later in life. You might find yourself moving Uh, along sort of a spectrum between ideas being positive or negative. You might look at a brother today and say, absolutely, I need to help them, and then look at that same brother 10 years from now and start trying to lay accountability at his feet rather than trying to provide assistance. And maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, but that moral framework that we work with can seem to adjust over time. So how do we deal with that? Because the square, of course, does not indefinitely remain square. It has to be constantly checked. And some standard has to be adopted by which a square can be compared so that when operative Mason's squares were tried, it would not materially err. So this is going to be incredibly important, especially to cathedral builders erecting their temples for all time, Or to us, building our spiritual temple not made with hands. And so the secret of the square is knowing how to try your square, how to test it. And how do we do that? We do it by testing it against other tools in the craft. We test it against our trestle board, against our spiritual trestle board, which should be the framework by which we live our moral lives. And so if we do that, if we're constantly testing it, constantly going back and reflecting, then it's impossible for the tool to materially err. Thus, we use other tools, other lessons of masonry to prove our square. For example, we use the circumpunct. The certain point within a circle can be used to prove a square. 
The use of a level and plum can assist us, reminding us to stand uprightly, reminding us of our own mortality. We're reminded that the square can age and fall out of shape, yet be retested against other tools. And this way we can recalibrate our square and maintain a correct course. In terms of practical application, applying the square, as with any tool in masonry, does not come naturally. We do not stand up suddenly, having gone through a degree, and go, oh my gosh, I get it, I'm totally a different person. It must be synthesized into our thought process. At first, we must understand its basic moral teachings. And then, we can apply it. But application comes as we reflect on our actions and decisions, the ones that we've already made. And we sit there in the evening and we think about, wow, I did that, or maybe in the shower, wherever else, I did this thing. Is that, was that the right decision? Was that the right thing? The more we see how it could have been used in the past, the more we will grow to use it effortlessly or in the moment moving forward. The square is applied when we pause to consider a decision and make sure that the choice is consistent with our own words, our own actions, but also with our moral framework. It's applied when we consider the lessons of masonry in our faith before choosing a course of action. The square is as much a call to pause and consider as it is a call to a specific decision. It's not telling us choose this. It's telling us wait and think. Make really sure that your decision is going to be the right one. And consider this. There are very few decisions in life that are snap decisions that we have to make in, the, in that moment. Most decisions, even though it feels like we need to make them now, don't actually work that way, which means you do have time to take a second, 30 seconds, a few minutes, maybe a few hours to consider your decision. Do you really need to text that person back your initial thought? Do you really need to take their call when you know it's going to be contentious or should you stop and think about how you're going to respond? That's the application of the square. The square promotes abiding by the craft's core values as masons, squaring our action by the square of virtue with all mankind. It becomes a universal. It becomes something that if we properly apply it, it doesn't matter what culture you're in, it will work. On the square is a phrase commonly used by masons to refer to someone who is truthful and dependable or to indicate that something is done in an honest and straightforward manner. In Freemasonry, the square is a symbol of morality and integrity, and the phrase on the square is used to express the idea that a person is acting with honor and honesty. It is such a basic tool that it makes up half of our emblem, and yet should be called upon to act in our every decision, great and small. Thank you for joining me, Brother Chris Lake, and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light through masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.